Hey, business building warrior, it's Jim coming at you with an episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio that's all about earning more money by serving your customers better by being a better leader. That's right, we're going to talk about leadership today. I put a post in our Facebook group not too long ago asking the members of our 70,000 plus member group. You can join at silentgym.com, by the way, if you're not in there yet. It's e-commerce warriors from all over the world hanging out, helping each other out all day, every day, primarily using Amazon, but we're into all kinds of creative things in this group. And I asked them if they were interested in hearing some of the leadership lessons that I've learned over 20 years of e-commerce growth, having sold tens of millions of dollars of products and services and grown a team. Currently, our team is a little over 100 people, and a lot of it's virtual. And there's a lot of great leadership books out there that you can read, and I'm not claiming to be smarter or wiser or better than any of those books, but I just don't see a lot of books out there about how to lead in the virtual arena that we find ourselves in where a lot, if not most of the people that you're doing work with on a day-to-day basis are located in other countries, people maybe you've never seen in person, and they're hardworking members of your team. What's it like to lead in that environment? What kind of challenges do you face? So with that unique perspective as the foundation for today's conversation, let's dive into the topic that I have for us today. Now, if no one's told you this yet, This is true. You may have heard me say it on other podcast episodes if you've listened for a while. I'm not the guy that came up with this. A lot of famous business leaders would say something along these lines, but building a business is a leadership journey. If you're in denial of that, you've just put a cap on what your business can and will be, and you've also decided that it's probably not going to last very long. You're going to get burnout. You're going to run out of energy you're going to feel isolated, alone, and it's just not going to work. We're not designed to be alone. We learn this from biblical-based trainings. Modern psychology tells us the same thing. If you want to break a hardened soldier, all you have to do is isolate them. That's one of the most severe punishments that we give any prisoner is to isolate them. And yet, for some reason, we do this to ourselves in business. That's not the path forward. It never is. The path forward is including more people, which means growing a team, which means learning how to work on a team and take the business in the direction that you know it can and should go. And you know you're doing it right when you're serving more customers in a better way, making more money while you're doing it, which means you're profitable. And if you disagree with that statement, I would like for you to introduce me to some businesses that aren't profitable and tell me how they stay in business. You have to be profitable to stay afloat. You're going to need a team. These are basic foundational truths that they just aren't that taught and they aren't that common. I'd like to call them common sense, but they aren't. One of the books that I like to recommend a lot of times to new entrepreneurs, and I can't say I agree with 100% of everything that this guy teaches or 100% of everything that's in his book, and that's probably true for any book you'd ever read, right? But there's a lot of great nuggets in there And it's Dave Ramsey's book, Entree Leadership. Entree Leadership, the word entrepreneur and leadership squeezed together. And I appreciate those two concepts being merged, but that's certainly not the origination of those two concepts being merged. 
entrepreneurship, growing a business, and leadership, the skill set you need, again, from a biblical foundation, the skill set you need for either are identical. There is literally no gap between them. One of the exercises when I met Dave, it was a small group training thing, and he had us go through this exercise where we listed out several character traits of a good leader. And people randomly suggested words, phrases, ideas that conceptualize what a good leader is. And then he said, okay, let's clear that board and move it over here. And let's fill up this board with people who are good entrepreneurs. Let's fill that board up. And it was immediately obvious to all of us that it's the exact same set of words. It's not like it's two different exercises. It's, it's one activity. So the words that showed up on both boards were things like visionary, integrity, passionate, disciplined, influential, servant, humble, charismatic. If you don't know why those words are important, now those may sound like leadership words to you, but those are business building character traits as well. And if it's not immediately obvious to you why those words are necessary to build a business, you haven't quite connected the dots yet. And that's why I'm doing this series. That's why I'm mixing in an occasional lesson that I've learned along the way about leadership. Let's go back through some of those words for just a moment. Those words sounded like leadership qualities as I said them, but do they sound like business requirements as I said them? Let's pick a couple off the list and talk about them. Integrity, is that needed to be a successful business owner? Of course it is. Are you kidding? Especially in the era of e-commerce and internet marketing when anybody can say anything about anyone, anytime, and put it in front of as many people as they want. You could do a thousand things in a row right and then mistreat one customer, and that could be the top result on Google. You've got to operate, even if you're not a person of integrity, it's going to require that of you to last in business. So one of my greatest achievements is the fact that 20 years with tens of thousands at this point, hundreds of thousands of customers served, I'm very proud of the track record that we have around here. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But I've guarded my integrity at every step. If we have disappointed a customer, it wasn't out of lack of integrity on our part. It was a broken system, a flaw somewhere, something out of our control. We did our best to mitigate it. But the integrity that you have and the integrity that you approach your processes the honesty that's built into your systems and to the way that you present your products. It's especially as you start to venture off of Amazon, you may be thinking, well, I just sell on Amazon, Jim. You've got to have integrity on your team. You've got to be someone who, when you say you're going to do something, when you commit to something that you follow through and you commit to it and you make it happen, even if it hurts you. Integrity, right? Visionary. You think of that as a leader? Well, no, that's as a business entrepreneur, you've got to have a vision of where you're trying to head. You've got to be able to communicate that with your team, especially true when we're talking about a virtual team that's maybe not with you, near you in the office every day and communicating that out to them on a regular basis, using the tools we have available to us. I talked last time in this leadership series that I've put loosely together. I'm not sure how many episodes we'll do, but it's a topic worth discussing. So this is the second time I've talked on these topics. But the first time I talked about the power of, say, a Zoom meeting as opposed to an email blast out to your team, it's 10 times more powerful to see those faces versus just sending out an email blast. It's 10 times more powerful still 
to actually meet in person. So those kinds of things are important to meet face-to-face, at least occasionally with your team, or at least to see them on the screen. Relationships don't exist in a steady state. It's kind of like your health, the same as with your marriage, your finances, the condition of your business. Your reputation is this way. Your mindset is this way. Your motivation is this It's not in a steady state. You can't say, okay, I've achieved this level. I'm going to hold it right here. It's not possible. You've got to be constantly working hard to fight the gravitational pull, the default state, that entropy that's always at play, that second law of thermodynamics, if you will, that says all things are tending towards a state of chaos and decay. You've got to stay in a constant battle against that just to maintain, and you've got to overcome that to improve in all of those areas. So if it's just a simple matter of saying, okay, instead of sending an email to my team, I think it's probably time to to do a face-to-face meeting over Zoom. That little shift is a 10 times improvement for you in making sure that the relationships are intact, that people can read each other's body language, that we're all on the same page still. You can pick up on little things. They can pick up on little things. And you'll move the ball forward so much faster with your team just by making that little shift going from email to Zoom. That keeps you more influential, that you can communicate the passion that you have about the business. Because remember in the last segment, if you didn't hear it, I said that anytime something is emotional or could possibly be interpreted negatively, or even if it's exciting, the best way to deliver that news isn't through an email, it's through something where you can see each other's faces and have a conversation ideally in person, but if that's not possible because we're all in e-commerce, over Zoom, use it. It's free and it's underused. If you're selling, for example, it's undeniable. If you're trying to sell something to someone and your options are phone or Zoom, your close rate is going to rocket up 25, 30% higher if you use Zoom as opposed to just the phone. Undeniable. Using the exact same presentation, the exact same language, the exact same emotion, you're going to have a 25 to 30% higher close rate using Zoom versus phone. You want to give it another 10, 20% boost? Meet face-to-face in person. These things are not true because I've made them up. They're true because that's how the world works. Communication is verbal, yes, but it's also visual, which is why so many of our podcast episodes, ironically today, not this one, I just kicked on the audio to record this one. I should have turned on the camera. The fact that I didn't turn on the camera today makes this somewhat less impactful emotionally and relationally than it could and should be had I turned on the camera. It's interesting to me that the vast majority of people that consume this podcast, however, are interested only in the audio And that's fine. They're on the go. They're out walking. You're shopping. You're working. You don't have time to look at a screen. And that's great. I see all the value in that. The people who engage with us on YouTube do tend to be a little more emotionally vested in the content. They're seeing the face. They're seeing the body language. They get to meet the guests. It moves the ball forward faster. But part of the magic of podcast recording like this is if you've got, let's say, both ear pods in right now, or you've got headphones that cover both ears, we're blocking out the sound of the rest of the world without any visual. That is a very powerful medium for me to communicate directly from my heart to yours. Nothing else comes close. You almost 
if I could, if you can stick with me for the logic, you almost lose a little bit of the emotional attachment. Sometimes if you got people staring at a screen and kind of waiting to be entertained with the colors and the sights and they kind of drift in and out, whereas if it's audio only, kind of like a good audio book versus a movie, a good audio book really internalizes, it forces you to use your creativity in a way. So there can be extreme benefits to just audio. So I, that's the power of this podcast. And I can share with you, maybe you've been considering doing a podcast as a leader, I can share with you the level of emotional commitment that listeners to this show have now that we do it this way, as opposed to just reading my writing and reading the books. It used to be just blog posts and a, you know PDF files and, and that sort of thing that people consumed. And they would still come up to me and say, hey, wow, your content changed my life. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. I love working with your team. I mean, we got all those compliments. But there's another level of emotional buy-in. There's another level of feeling like we know each other. There's camaraderie there. There's familiarity there that just wasn't there before. Now that we have this podcast and we've done over 500 episodes and many people have listened to all 500 and they see me in an event or they come up to me and I don't know who they are. Maybe we've interacted once or twice. And I love all the business building warriors of this community, but the power of that spoken word has been transformational for them in buying into what we say and what we do around here. And they feel like this is family. They feel like they're part of something because they are, but they've been able to experience that because of the power of the spoken word. And I would argue that given the choice, I might even prefer that you only listen to this podcast as opposed to watching it on the screen. Because with a Zoom with your team, now that's a live interaction and there's a give and take back and forth. But if you're just watching a screen and there's no opportunity for you to talk back and interact and adjust the direction of the conversation, it's kind of like watching TV at that point. I would argue that that can be almost a, a weaker experience. And do your own research, do your own study. But psychologically, more and more, you don't have to look very far to find studies that tell you staring at screens kills creativity. If it's interactive, conversational, that's one thing. If you're just staring at a screen, you know, we're one step away from you just kind of watching a movie and zoning in and out, waiting for it to entertain you. You turn off all the creative parts of your brain if there's visual involved on a screen. Whereas if it's audio only, there's power there. So that was a little tip for those of you who are kind of considering starting a podcast. And if that's something that's of interest to you, I mean, we've had over 4 million downloads of this show. We've learned a lot of things along the way. We know a fair amount about that. If that's some content you'd like for us to introduce, there's other people out there with content products and courses and things. No need for us to reinvent the wheel, but incorporating in the leadership and the marketing and the, the influence aspects that we've learned along the way. There's a lot of very intentional things that we do and that we've learned. Maybe there is a course there. Let us know if you're interested in that as a subject. That goes for anything you ever hear us talking about. But let's keep on track. I was comparing earlier leadership qualities and business building qualities. That's the same set. And let me just read through some of those key words. I actually had these written down before we started today. So it's going to be the same list you already heard me go through. But integrity, a visionary, influential, disciplined, charismatic, humble, servant, passionate. Those are the kind of words that we associate with a good leader. I would argue those are the exact same set of words that you're going to need as you build a business and you grow a team. Why is being disciplined important, Jim? Well, no one's going to be more important nor disciplined on your team than you are about what it is you're trying to do. 
What's that servant thing you keep talking about, Jim? I don't want to be anybody's slave. No, that's not what servant leadership is. It's not servitude. You're not following the commands of those on your team and just waiting for them to tell you what they need so you can go around and get them a cup of coffee. That's not servant leadership. It's a topic for another day. You could perhaps study up on it. There's a a lot of things written about servant-based leadership. Dave Ramsey in that book I mentioned earlier spends a fair amount of time on the concept. Basically, it just means putting others before yourself. It's the biblical concept of putting others before yourself. So I see myself on my team, and I hope that everyone who works with me and for me believes and understands and knows that I'm here to make their life easier, better, more profitable. What's in it for them is what I'm thinking at all times. And if you've surrounded yourself with the right people, they're thinking what's in it for you. That means you've got good servant-hearted people on the team. And together we're constantly thinking, is what we're providing to the customer compared to what they just paid us so overwhelmingly worth more to them than what we charged. The 10X rule around here, you hear us talk about it all the time. If you give us a dollar, we want to give you $10 of value in return minimum. That's the lowest bar that's acceptable. That's why all of our costs are so inexpensive for our courses and our content and our events and the things we do. We've heard many people say, well, I just didn't take you guys seriously because your prices are so low. Well, our prices are low because 10X is the minimum that we expect our educational content consuming clients like you, this podcast is free, right? But once you start paying us, we want to deliver 10 times the value. That's our minimum expected goal. That's servant-minded leadership. That's a servant-minded business model. It's not a break-even transaction that we're looking for. We want you to walk away feeling like you just won big. Look what I got for the dollars that I spent. This is amazing. That's what we're trying to create. And the same goes for our team. I tell every partner I've ever worked with, I want them to feel like they've been overpaid for the contribution that they've made. If they don't feel overpaid, I've said that hundreds of times. If you don't feel overpaid for the contribution you've made around here, please let me know. We need to fix that. So humility, charisma, discipline, servant-minded, passionate, influential, visionary, integrity, those are leadership qualities. Those are also pivotal, pivotal and key to success as an entrepreneur who's growing a team. Well, let me give you some real specifics on this because as you grow a team, you're going to want to surround yourself with people who have those character qualities. And the tricky thing about those character qualities is you can kind of fake those things for a while. You may even have them for a while and then unfortunately slip away from some of them. So having lines that you've drawn and and identifying when someone's kind of slipping away One of the things that I've come to adopt around here is if I wouldn't hire somebody and bring them on board today for exactly the payment arrangement with exactly the set of responsibilities that they have, if I wouldn't bring them on today doing exactly what they're doing, then I should have already let them go. I need to let them go today, go to pursue something that's more within their skill set and it makes more sense for them to be doing because being here just doesn't make sense anymore. So if they don't fit that mold anymore, just because you thought they did at one point, and maybe they don't. It's, you're not in business to fix people. You're in business to provide a product or service to your customer. That's a very important distinction as a leader in business. So the people you choose to surround yourself with and the people that stay on your team, if they start to display a lack of ability or 
interest or passion about the things that you've committed to as an organization, those uncomfortable conversations need to be had. You will have, as a leader, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it effectively at all, you will need to work on your confrontation skills. Oh, Jim, that's not me. I don't like confrontation. Well, if you live in the world of complete passivity at all times and avoid all conflicts, there's a name for those businesses. They go broken out of business. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. You can't exist in business as a leader and not have the occasional confrontation. And quite often, that's all it will take. And just because I say confrontation doesn't mean it has, it has to be emotional or loud. One of my favorite strategies to do when someone seems to be kind of drifting off what we all agreed we were trying to accomplish is to just say, hey, where are the lines? I put it back on their lap. I say, where are the lines? Where do you understand the lines to be? And, and what do you think should happen if you or me or anyone else drifts outside these lines? Help me set a precedent, which is one of my favorite words in business leadership. We run our Facebook group by precedent, not president, precedent. Precedent meaning now that we've done it this way one time, have we just decided this is the way we're always going to do it? Have we set a new rule or law? Our legal system is based on precedents. You've got to lead by precedent because there will always be those people who come back and say, hey, 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 wait a minute. A year and a half ago when X, Y, and Z happened, you did A, B, and C. And I'm noticing that X, Y, and Z just happened again. And you only did A and B this time. What's going on? And they will challenge and call you out and try to walk that gray line. Many customers will do that. You'll have people on the team. You'll do it yourself. You've got to have those precedents, those non-negotiables. And when you see someone drifting outside of those, again, to be very specific about the technique I'm suggesting you use, you lay it back in their lap. You don't come in and swing the hammer and smash them. And these are people you love and care about and you've built things together. But you say, hey, I thought we'd agreed that this was these were the lines that we'd drawn, which is important to understand where the lines are drawn. And say, does it look to you that things are drifting beyond what we'd discussed before? Or do you see this as being within, right? So defining where those lines are, defining are we outside of them or not? And then having them help you define what should be done as a consequence. Put them in the shoes of the decision maker. That's servant-based leadership. It's going to the people on your team and saying, hey, if you were in my position, which I'm, that's what I'm asking you to do, pretend you're me, and you're dealing with somebody who's doing X, Y, Z, which is what I've noticed you're doing, what would it look like to you? What plans would you put into place? What suggestions would you make to me as the leader? And, and that's a secret sauce that has served me very well for 20 years. You don't always end up seeing eye to eye. But I can tell you this, one of the non-negotiables on our team, and you can search through 20 years of hundreds of thousands of pages of content produced and things said, you will not find us ever publicly saying anything negative about anyone who is on our team, has been on our team, partners we've worked with, competitors who have directly maybe even said horrible things about us at some point. We just don't do that. Not only is it unprofessional, not only does it burn potential bridges that could be repaired in the future, but it just comes across as immature and from a biblical standard. You've heard us talk a lot about this before, and we practice this in our Facebook group. Praise publicly, confront privately. It's a biblical standard. It serves you very well. You will make more money if you follow that rule. You will make significantly less money if you don't. Praise publicly, confront privately. If you've got a problem with someone and you haven't talked directly, face-to-face, -face, 
ideally like in the same room, if not possible over Zoom, if not possible, at least a phone call. You haven't talked to that person. You should never put that person on blast publicly. I mean, the number of people who are going to look at you as if you don't know what you're doing, as if you're immature, far outweighs any benefit that you think you could ever achieve by doing something like that. So that's what it feels like to operate as a a servant leader. You place others above yourself. You look for what's best for them while serving your customers to the greatest degree possible. And why are these things important? Again, to kind of reset the table a little bit, if you're doing business just you and your computer, you've put a limit on how far you'll go. And you've also set a point in time on the calendar where it will all crash and burn. Guaranteed, you will get sick, you will get burnout, something will happen. If it's all you, bad news is coming. That's why you need a team. That old African proverb, you may have heard John Wooden refer to it as well. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, take a team. The stuff we teach around here, the Amazon content, you can go very fast and build an incredible business by yourself very, very quickly. But if you want it to sustain and continue to grow, even when you're down or sick or facing a life circumstance, or you've got to attend to a sick family member or you know something crazy happens the way it does to all of us, if you want it to continue beyond that, you're going to need a team. You're going to need to teach the team what you know. You're going to need the cooperation of that team. You're going to need to serve that team well as you serve your customers well together. That's why these topics are so important. Well, let's talk about a couple other topics here as I start to wrap this one up. And I think I want to go here with this. Being a business leader means you're trying to make money. You could go on a leadership journey without trying to make any money or without trying to make it about money. And that's awesome. The challenge you have just trying to improve your leadership qualities without having profits as a guidepost is it's going to be difficult to know when you're getting good at it. It's a lot harder to know. That's part of the beauty of business is you have customers giving you certificates of gratitude. And the more certificates of gratitude they give you, that means you're selling a, a product that improves their lives. They're voluntarily giving you some of those certificates of appreciation, those dollar bills. That's how you know you're serving well. And if you can create systems and grow a team that serves a whole bunch of people well, You've got a measuring stick. I've got a team that's happy. They're being paid well. I've got customers who are happy. They're receiving products that are worth more than what they paid. Well, Jim, how do you know the product is worth more than what they paid? Well, because if it wasn't, they would be asking for a refund. They wouldn't have given you the money if they didn't see more value in it. And once they receive it, if they don't see the value, they're going to ask for their money back. (laughs) So if you've got happy customers, you're doing a great job. You're building an incredible machine, and that's a testament to your leadership abilities. It's a great way to walk up that leadership scale and know how well you are leading. And I can hear the skeptics, well, Jim, profit isn't the measure of leadership. I didn't say it's the only measure of leadership. I said I would argue that it's one of, if not the best measure of your ability to lead, especially if we're talking about a business. As a reminder, this is a business podcast. We're here to help you grow your business, right? There's many ways to be a great leader in your family and relationships and volunteer organizations and all kinds of ways. 
but it can be kind of tricky to know, am I being an effective leader or not? There's not a lot of metrics out there in any other arena where you might find yourself leading. If you lead in battle, you could measure it by how many lives I saved on my side of the battlefield versus how many lives we took on the other side, if it's an army, right? There's other ways that you can measure. I'm not saying it's the only effective way, but man, of all the ways that I'd like to be able to measure my leadership, business sure makes it clear. Let's just put it that way. You know when you're leading effectively. Does that mean you're a failure as a leader if your business fails? Absolutely not. There's other forces out there that control which businesses rise and fall. Markets change, seasons change, the moods of consumers change. You may be in a business model that becomes obsolete. I mean, I, I was reading last week about the Pony Express. Fascinating the way our mail was delivered by young men, in many cases as young as 11, 12, 13 years old, riding hundreds and hundreds of miles alone on horseback. Can you imagine? But I got to imagine that as well-oiled of a machine as that was with great leaders in place, creating motivated achievers, that when the train and when Morse code came along, it kind of put them out of business. It wasn't for lack of effective leadership. It was for the fact that the world changed. Now you could argue, well, they should have seen the change coming. And yeah, that's a fair argument. But I'm not saying they were bad leaders. They accomplished great things in the arena they were assigned. One of the things that I see is my obligation and commitment to you as a listener to this podcast is to keep an eye on those big shifting patterns. That's why we focus on Amazon so much. We could be talking about anything on this podcast, any kind of e-commerce opportunity or business opportunity. We're focused on Amazon. Why? Well, because as we do the best we can to kind of see where culture is heading, where the world is going, what opportunities make the most sense, we see Amazon as that low-hanging fruit that sustainable business model. So that's part of our leadership journey here is to stay ahead of the curve and advise you wisely, right? But my bigger point is, if you're making a profit, serving happy customers with a team that enjoys doing what they do, that feels like they're paid well for the role that they play, that is a great indicator that you are doing a tremendous job of being a leader, it's impossible to achieve those things without being a good leader. So that was the one thing I wanted to share with you. And keep in mind, I can't say this enough to encourage you. If you've built a profitable business, you have positively impacted countless lives, many of whom these are people you will never meet. It's impossible for you not to have a dramatic positive impact on countless lives just by running a profitable business. And if you've never heard me defend that statement before, I'm not gonna go real deep into it, but just imagine you're selling, let's just use a generic product. All I'm doing is selling little tubes of toothpaste on, on Amazon, Jim. I mean, how am I having a dramatic positive impact on the world? Let's look at that little tube of toothpaste that you just sold. Instead of it going to a landfill somewhere, you bought it on a closeout, let's say, or you, you bought them on sale, huge lot of them, and you're now selling them successfully on Amazon. Think of the guy that invented the ink that's printed on that little tube. The guy that invented the cap that goes on it. The ingredients in the toothpaste itself. We're already talking hundreds of people involved, right? The businesses behind these, the families behind these businesses, the people who get paychecks based on the work they do to create the machines that contain the ink that goes on that 
plastic in a special way that it doesn't smudge or smear or wear down when it gets rubbed against, right? That, that's all technology. Could you do that? I couldn't. There's people out there that do that. And that's just one little aspect of this little tube of toothpaste that somebody else invented, but you're moving it through the system. That motion, that reminds me very much of the, the motion that's needed as blood circulates through the body. Or you look at a city where the cars are moving on the streets and people are moving in and out of businesses. That's health, that's life, that movement. Things have to be moving. As a third-party seller, you're keeping things moving. You don't want them sitting in one place too long. If you've never heard us talk about it before, the word for money and the word for blood in Hebrew, overlapping words, overlapping meaning. Meaning, if you just see a, a pool of blood on the ground, you know something very bad went down. That's not good. We don't want anything just sitting there like that. That's not where blood belongs. Same with money. Money sitting on the ground. like, okay, something went wrong here. This shouldn't be. There's a problem. Inventory, just sitting there, stale, not moving. That's a problem. It needs to be moving. The velocity of inventory is something that you track. Keep it moving. Keep it going. That's what we do as third-party sellers. We keep it moving. It's not going to sit there long. We're moving it to somewhere that has higher demand, more perceived or actual value. Just by doing that, just by running any profitable business, you are dramatically improving the lives of countless other people, most of which, the vast majority of which, you will never even meet. So it's a virtuous activity to run a profitable business. So why am I spending so much time on encouraging you to set out on a leadership journey, to see your business as a leadership journey? Well, it's because unless you see it that way, it's not going to last. And now that I've established, hopefully established, and there's many other things I could have said that I'm not going to say because I promise I'm starting to wrap this one up, but hopefully I've convinced you that your business is a leadership journey and that you're doing good things by being profitable. And there's many other, some of my earliest podcast episodes, I talked in depth about some of these topics, like buying low and selling high. Is that a virtuous activity? That was back in the 20s, something like it's episode 21, 25, somewhere in that, or you'll find it. Go listen to that if you'd like. But hopefully I've convinced you that you are on a virtuous ethical journey just by building a profitable business and the leadership skills that are required. Well, what is that next leadership step you can take? I want to be very specific. All of us can be challenged by this. And this is something that Rabbi Daniel Lappin challenged me on. This is something that when we started doing our live events 10 years ago, my wife and other friends challenged me forward with this. Um, when I started speaking on stage more and doing more presentations, I was challenged in this. This podcast is evidence that I was challenged in this arena. And it's the same arena I'm going to challenge you to. And it's this. Use your voice. It's understood thousands of years of Hebrew wisdom and many others have expressed their sentiments that your voice, your mouth, or the written word, ideally it's your mouth speaking that is so powerful as a tool. It's the most powerful and I would say most underused tool in all of business. It amazes me how many people are great qualified business leaders and they're not creating any content. They've got no books, they've got no articles, they've got no content that they're producing. We live in the information age and they're not participating. The opportunity is there in a huge way for you to use your voice, tell your story, share what you know, and just watch how many lives are impacted by that. You don't have to set out to make it a profitable activity necessarily at the very beginning. Just start sharing and watch who comes around, watch who shows up. 
as you start sharing what it is that you know. And maybe this references back if you're interested in the whole podcast thing. We don't have content. I know the secret to this. We've got a team. Like I said, we've had probably coming up on four and a half million downloads on iTunes at this point, uh, plus all the other YouTube. And we've had a, a lot of people listen to this show. It's been a great marketing tool for us. So if you want to learn what we've learned about podcasting, do let me know. But I just want to encourage you. You may have heard me say before, everybody's got a good book in them. I want to encourage you, create content of some kind. Get on YouTube, turn on the camera. The number of students that we've seen come through our community who are resistant to that, to that leadership and content creation urge that, that's kind of bubbling inside of them. But they went ahead and did it and then went on to build amazing businesses as a result. And one of the most common hesitations that I've heard, and see if this is you, I'm going to read your mind for a minute. Outside of the, well, I'm just uncomfortable. And outside of the whole thing, you know, it's a lame excuse. Well, you've heard, Jim, the greatest fear people have is getting on stage and being in front of people. It's worse than even death. Yeah, here's my advice on that one. Get over it. <laughs> you just need to get over it and do it. Just do it. Move on past it. But one of the other resistance thoughts that's going to sneak into your head once you push through that one is, well, if I start revealing my secrets, Jim, all I'm going to do is create competitors for myself, right? And I've got that little sneaking suspicion in the back of my brain somewhere. I've got to squash that. I'm here as a servant leader. I want you to succeed. I want you to do bigger and better things than I've ever dreamed of doing as a result of hearing this content. And if I'm fortunate enough to have you give me some credit at some point down the road, that's awesome. But I'm not here to make me look good. I'm a servant leader. That means I want to produce more leaders. I want to produce leaders who are better at leading than I ever dreamed of being. That's the goal that I have to keep in mind when I'm operating in full integrity. That's what I'm trying to do. So it's in that spirit that I give you this advice. Yes, create competitors for yourself with the information you share. Having that abundance mindset, opening up that door for others to walk through that door that it took you five years to figure out and finally open, throw it open for thousands of others to walk right on through. Because you know what's going to happen? They're going to see you as the leader. They're going to turn to you for advice and instruction. And as long as you maintain your integrity and serve at heart, they're going to continue to give you the respect that you've earned for having done that. And I kind of look at some of what we've done around here, e-commerce for 20 years. 20 years ago, guys, when I you know, hear me on this. 20 years ago, when I went full-time into e-commerce, the vast majority of people who heard the decision I'd made thought I was crazy. Like, yeah, you're going to keep a real job too, right? What about this? What about that? What about benefits? What about insurance? What about what your kids think of, you know, you're going to be home all day? Like, you know, just all the questions that people had. Like, that just doesn't seem normal. That just doesn't seem right. And now millions of people are doing it. Am I, was I the first? Absolutely not. Am I a trendsetter? No. I could have been called crazy and they were probably right on a lot of decisions that were made early on. But I'm saying I jumped out and I did it. I committed to the path and then I started telling other people what I was doing and I shared openly, maybe even too openly, creating dozens and hundreds, even you could argue thousands of competitors for myself along the way. I mean, there's, there's, so many people out there that came from this community who now compete in some fashion with what we do around here. And I have nothing but admiration and respect for them. And from time to time, they'll drop our name and that's awesome. Some of them see it as beneficial and strategic not to. That's cool. doesn't matter to me. We are advancing business, e-commerce, 
making it possible for more people to live that dream lifestyle, to be home with their family. And that's that's the heart of this for me, is families under the same roof, doing life together. If they want their kids nearby, if they want to be able to homeschool, they can. If they want to be able to travel, they can. If they want to be able to pick up their business and move somewhere else because it becomes beneficial, they can. Their business is in their pocket. I want that for families. I want that for others. There's a blue ocean out there. If they hear that message from somebody else and get inspired by a student that we taught these concepts to, that's awesome. Go for it. Have that abundance mindset. Share what you know. Create competitors for yourself can become the theme of your leadership journey. That's a challenging one, isn't it? Create competitors for yourself is a business theme if you have an abundance mentality. It's not an easy thing to do, and you may think I'm crazy for saying it, but I've seen many examples of people who have done exactly that. In many cases, they were drug kicking and screaming into adopting that philosophy, and now they are doing extremely well, very, very well for themselves as not only doing what they originally were doing, but now they're a leader of a community of people who are doing what they trained them to do. It's an abundant opportunity out there. The world is changing very quickly in the direction of e-commerce. It's a beautiful time to choose to be a leader. And I would like to offer you our platform to stand on if you'd like to begin leading. If you're seeing some success, which is the first qualification for being a leader in our community is building a successful business for all the reasons we went into. It's a built-in validation to our processes. You've got to be a successful leader. You've built a successful business. You've got money coming in and you're saying, hey, Jim, I I hear what you're saying about using my voice, about stepping into a leadership role, maybe creating some content, maybe being a coach. The platform is here. There's a hundred of us. That's what we do. We use this platform. We protect the integrity of it. We put new opportunities on it. We share the spotlight. There's no one person at the center. I refuse to be that person. I'm one of the many pillars that supports this platform and you can step onto it if you're ready to come in under the umbrella of values that we have here with a teacher's heart, with a servant mentality, and bring excellent ideas to the table. Let's talk. That's what this community is built on. At our recent live event, for example, I was maybe 150th. That's probably an exaggeration. Let's say 180th of the content, total content delivered was me on stage. Very small portion. The vast majority of it was this incredible team, as it should be of great leaders and coaches and content creators and successful students. Come on in. The leadership door is wide open. Or get your own thing going. But either way, lead. Use your voice. Serve with integrity and charisma. Meet face-to-face when given the choice over Zoom as opposed to an email, for example. These are all the little lessons that will move you forward. And hopefully you're finding this valuable. And I'm going to wrap it up now. Uh, A little quote from Jim Rohn. You've heard me mention this one possibly before, but he encourages you to become a millionaire. Become a millionaire. Make that a goal. Have you ever thought about that? Man, that sounds selfish, Jim. I don't know about that. No, he says it. And I really love what he says here. He says, become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but for what it will make you to achieve a million dollar status, a net worth of a million dollars. There's a lot of things you're going to have to learn. If you're not there yet, if you're not a millionaire yet, there's a lot of things you're going to have to learn along the way. And they're all valuable lessons, very much worth learning. So hopefully you found that encouraging. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Business Building Warrior. This episode went a little longer than I thought it might, but I really enjoyed it. 
I had plenty of time in my day today to kind of think through and, and deliver some ideas here. So again, I've only done a couple of these. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you like hearing me kind of thought process through, it may feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, but hey, that's the beauty of a, a podcast. You can rewind and listen to me saying things again. I said everything I said today with the amount of great intention. I feel like I could back any of it up with a lot more facts, data, evidence, and yes, biblical references if someone was asking that of me. Uh, but this is 20 years of experience speaking, having seen a lot of people rise and even more people, unfortunately, fall and fail and noticing what do the people who continue to last and build, what do they have in common? What kind of things do they have going on? I've seen some people last without having the kind of traits that we talked about today, uh, but they're doing things in a way that I wouldn't necessarily endorse and I'm not interested in. For example, you know, the charismatic leader at the center. One guy, it's all me, all roads lead to the guy at the middle. You better fall in line with what I say or you don't belong around here type of leadership. If you're charismatic enough and interesting enough and funny enough and you can hold the crowd's attention, you can gain some traction and make some gain some ground and, and go for a long time with that model. That's not what I'm talking about here. I want to be part of a community of people who are launching and growing businesses successfully using the internet creatively. I'm just part of that community. And so I'm talking more to leaders who have that type of mentality. It's not about how many people know me, like me, and how many followers and fans I have at the end of the day. It's about creating a great product with happy customers and building a thriving team that loves the mission that we're on together. That's a very different business model. And if that's you, hopefully these kind of lessons are helpful. But please let me know. Send me a private message. Go to silentgym.com. You'll see different ways to contact us there. My email address is jimcockrum at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But hey, until next time, Business Building Warrior, it's been a true pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you for giving me some of that valuable resource you have, the most valuable resource you will ever have. You gave me some of your time today, and I am so grateful. I feel so blessed that you did that, truly. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.